Good afternoon. I am Pastor Antonio Eubanks of Heat Ministries, where we believe in using the Word of God to heal, empower, and teach so that you may be properly equipped to help establish the kingdom of God and its principles in your families, communities, and world. If you're in the metro Atlanta area, we invite you to attend our Sunday service for a life-impacting experience. Please visit our website at heatministries.org for more information. We would love to hear from you. But for now, we pray that you enjoy this message. God bless. Operating a religious mindset, you basically believe that, that you are a sinner, that's saved by grace, then you place right here on this battlefield to fight the devil all your life, and then you're just going to hold on through the trials and tribulations so that one day you can make it to heaven and get all the little rewards, the, the streets paid with gold and the mansions and all that stuff. So I'm just a lowly little sinner, God, and, and you're going to save me by grace, and I'm just going to fight through this thing all my life, and one day when I get to heaven, then it's going to be all right. On the other side of heaven, it's going to be all right. But see, that's a religious mindset. True, we are sinners. It says we've all sinned and fallen short of God. True, we are that. True, that is grace. True, that is a battle with the enemy. True, that is a heaven that we can get to that's going to give us the reward. However, if you look at that from a standpoint that that it's a drudgery, that it's a burden, that it's a process that you just that you forced into, then then you're looking at it from a religious aspect because now you're only gonna pray because you think that that's what you forced to do. Now you're only gonna go to church because that's what you forced to do. Like when I when I was little, my mom and grandma used to make me go to church all the time. Like man, why I got to go? So when I got to college, I'm like I ain't going. <laughs> And it went for years, you know, I'm like, I ain't got to go, can't nobody make me go, and this, that, and the other. And, you know, I went so far as to be like, not only am I not going, but I'm, for the people who do go, I'm going to show them how the Bible contradicts itself and God ain't really who they think he is. You know, so I went all the way out. All the way. All the way. All the way out. And I was pretty good at it, too. Because, and the reason why is because it, 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 we Christians. See, when you don't know the word, people can take the word and they can twist it in just a way that, that it makes it sound true. How many know that, that that's what the enemy does? See, the enemy know the word of God. Don't get it wrong. He can quote you scripture all day long. The Bible knows, I mean, the devil knows all 66 books and every word upon word. But the devil would never, ever have the revelation that you can get. And see, that's what we got. We have a revelational relationship. We don't have a, re a religious relationship with God. We got a revelation relationship. What does that mean? It means that we're covenant partners with God. That we are connected with Him. We're not an accident. We're not an afterthought. A lot of people have taught through the doctrine that we were afterthought of God because He created us last. No, that wasn't an afterthought. For Him to create us last, that means that's all He was thinking about was us. He said, I want to put everything in order. I want to place this here. I want to put that there. I want everything to be lined up. I want my eyes dotted and my T's crossed. Because this thing that I'm creating, when I get finished, I want them to have it all. I don't want them to lack for nothing. So they're not my afterthought. They're the first thing that I ever thought of. But I know I got to set some things in order first. 
That's a relationship. See, when you care about somebody, you're going to set some things in order. You're going to make sure that they're taken care of. You're going to make sure they have what they need. That's a relationship. See, we share in his power, which is his word. We share in his purpose, which is his will. And we share in his presence, which is where his wealth is. Amen? We have a covenant relationship. Let's, I hope nobody in here still, after you've been in, in this service any amount of times, that you operate out of a religious mindset. We don't adopt to that kind of thing. We don't do religious rites and, and religious, religious passages and all. Because don't know that stuff make you holy. Amen? It don't matter how I dress. I can come in some t-shirt and tennis shoes. I can be just as holy as if I got on a robe that's flowing out through the back door. Amen? It don't none of that make you holy. Taking communion don't make you holy. Fasting don't make you holy. Praying don't make you holy. The only thing that can make you holy is the salvation of Christ. Because it says, because he is holy, then what? You are holy. Receiving a relationship. Amen. It's a covenant. And I had y'all to turn to what? Jeremiah. Turn there real quick. Well, if you're there, stay there. If you're not, turn there. Jeremiah chapter 7. And let's go go ahead and get through this. I'm not going to say I ain't going to take long because every time I say that I take long. So I'm just going to say I, I ain't going to say that. Amen. So say it under your breath. You know, he ain't going to take long. <laughs> Amen. I went to this thing the other night and I told him, I said, don't mess around and give me the mic because... You know, I'm a, I'm a pastor now. You know, once you become a pastor, you get a mic. You're supposed to take a while. <laughs> Jeremiah chapter 7. I'm getting to it. I'm, let me see. Here we go. And I'm going to start at, um, I'm going to start at verse, let me see, 22, I think. Come on now. Here we go. Jeremiah chapter 27. And I'm starting at. Well, I'm, let, let's start at verse 21. Verse 21. Jeremiah 7 and 21. It says, Thus says the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, <clears throat> Add your burnt offerings to the sacrifices and eat flesh. For I did not speak to your fathers or command them in the day that I brought them out of the land of Egypt concerning burnt offerings and sacrifices. But this is what I commanded them, saying, Obey my voice, and I will be your Lord, and you will be my people, and you will walk in the way which I commanded you, that it may be well with you. But then in verse 24 it says, Yet they did not obey or incline their ear, but walked in their own counsels and in the stubbornness of their evil heart, and went backward and not forward. Amen. See, what we have right here, because we're talking about the fact that that obedience and getting that well done stamped on your life right now, or at least well doing. You know, you're doing well because it requires obedience. And here we have God, Jeremiah is, is, is petitioning God. Quick background. Jeremiah is petitioning God, and he's basically, long story short, Israel is like how Israel usually is in the Old Testament. They acting the fool. They acting up. They doing stuff they not supposed to be doing. They disobeying God. They they worshiping different gods. They they raising up altars to different gods. So they doing things that they're not 
supposed to be doing. And Jeremiah goes before God in the previous verses, and he's trying to petition God and intercede. I mean, he's trying to pray for them. He's trying to he's trying to stand in the gap, so to speak, for Israel. Like God don't don't have vengeance on them. I'll stand in the gap and I'll pray for them so that you can overlook their sins and what they're doing. But God tells him in even in verse 16 he says as for you do not pray for this people and do not lift up a cry of pray for them and do not intercede with me for I don't even hear you God said I don't even hear that they so messed up right now I don't even want to hear what you got to say yeah God that's God y'all that's God God, God can be so so through with what you're doing he's like you know what your prayers ain't getting through right now cause you you, you acting way out of order Way out of order. How I many know that you, if you got children like that and they, they acting a fool all the time, you ain't trying to hear what they got to say. You ain't trying to hear right then. Not that you don't love them. See, don't get me wrong. It's not that God didn't love them because what he stated in Genesis was still in operation. Amen. That was still a, a, a relationship, but he, he just didn't like them right now. Yeah, yeah. I mean, no, you, you can love your kids, but you just don't like them right now. He's like, I, don't, I really don't like you right now. <laughs> It ain't got nothing to do with love. I'm going to love you. So if you, if, if you need me, I'm going to be there. If somebody touch you, they going out. But I don't like you right now. Amen. And that's what God is telling Jeremiah. I don't like them right now. So I ain't trying to, I ain't trying to hear all that. He said, matter of fact, what we started at in verse 21. He said, matter of fact, take all that stuff you're trying to give me and you go ahead and eat it. Take it for yourself because I don't want your offering. God said, I don't want nothing you got to give me right now. Because the way you acting, it don't mean nothing anyway. Because you're trying to clean up your mess by offering me something. How many know How many know that that's what we do? That's what I was saying about the fast. The fast can't make you holy. It, it can't make you, it can't make you where, get brownie points with God. God say, take your fast and go on about your business. See, fasting without really seeing what the purpose of it is, fasting without saying, I want to connect with you, God. I want this to strip away all of me and connect with you. Fasting without doing that is just dieting. It's just, it's just not eating something. Or just not doing, you know, Facebook or whatever you was fasting from. That's all it is. And God says, take that and sacrifice it and go ahead and eat it. It ain't no giving it to me. He says, because in verse 22, I did not speak to your fathers or command them in the day that I brought them out of the land of Egypt concerning burnt offers and sacrifices. He's saying, I, I, didn't, I didn't speak to them about doing all these little things that they think is going to get right with me. I didn't speak to them about you know, doing the doing communion or wearing these robes or doing all these rituals. I didn't speak to them about all that. That's not even what I was concerned. Yeah, that's fine and everything, but that ain't the, that ain't the point of the matter. The point of the matter, what I told them to do right here in verse 23, he said, but this is what I commanded them. Obey my voice and I will be your God. And you will be my people. Now what is he saying right there? He's not saying that if you don't obey him, he's not your God. But what he's saying is if you don't obey him, he's not your God. Amen. It might sound like I'm saying the same thing, but I'm not. See, God is not going to stop being your God because of your disobedience. What your disobedience is causing is causing you not to allow him to be your God. You saying, no, you're not my God. He said, what, the Lord is my father who, who, who is in heaven, I shall not want. He said, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. See, is God your shepherd? Is God your shepherd? He says, obey my voice. 
And that will allow you, that will allow you to have that relationship with me where you, you will make me your God. And then he says, you will be my people and you will walk in the way which I command you. Meaning he will order your steps. But then here's the good part, that it may be well with you. See, that's the thing that people miss out on. See, you hear the word command, and that automatically puts us into the idea of submission. I command you to do something, then that means that you got to do what? Submit to doing that. Well, those are two cuss words in the human language. Command and submission. Especially with women, that's really a cuss word. Submission. I ain't submitting to nobody. Ain't nobody gonna be telling me what to do. Especially some man I'm married to. Submission. But see, God is saying right here, if you follow my command, if you follow my command, meaning that you know what I'm talking about, you know my word, you connect it to me. If you follow my command, it will all be well. So if it, if it ain't all well with you outside of outside of the enemy attacking because he does attack you know spiritual attack but but if, if you got your hand in some things and you that's not making it well that's because you ain't following the voice of God a lot of the drama we bring into our life we bring into our life amen it ain't it, everything ain't the devil everything ain't the devil let's let's let we give him a little bit too much credit again I'm not discounting spiritual attacks I'm not discounting the fact that the enemy does uh, try to attack the good the good of God he tries to attack the blessings of God in your life but it ain't always him amen it ain't always him he might set the scenarios up like a reality show producer but it's you the one who cussing that person out amen he set the scenario up you know, where the person cut you off in traffic, he set that scenario up, but it's you who pulled up beside of him and, and pointed at him with the with the wrong finger. Amen. So it ain't all the devil's fault. The devil made me do it. The devil is a lie. He didn't make you do it. Own up. See, once you own up to what you're doing, then you can correct what you're doing. Amen. But he says right here, he says, he says, obey so it's all well with you. He says, but they didn't obey. They didn't incline their ear. What is incline? That means that, that you, you got to lay down what you, what you want to hear uh -huh. so that you can pick up what God is trying to say. Amen. Because, see, there's a lot of stuff that we hear and it sounds real good and tickle our ears. See, this right now, this might not be an ear tickling message, but, but it's something that you need to hear. Amen. So incline your ear to hear. It says, but see, they didn't incline their ear to hear. They walked in what? Their own counsel. Yes, yes. Their own counsel. And Psalms 1 1 says, Blessed is the blessed is the man who do not do, do not take the counsel of the wicked. The twisted. See, we got to be careful who we get counsel from. Who we get counsel from. Everybody who sound like they from God, everybody who praying and talking like they from God ain't from God. Because the word of God say they might have they might have been, they might have come out from me, but they not of me. They might have been sent out in my name, but they not really me. They not really representing me. See, because the enemy is is out there trying his best to distort the prophetic voice of God. Amen. Yeah. 
the, Je the Jezebel spirit that is in operation in this in this realm is trying his best, just like she did with Elijah. Elijah was a prophet. That was a prophetic voice that Elijah had over the people, and she was trying her best to distract it, to discourage it, and to distort it with her own prophecies, with her own with her own innuendos, with the letters she sent the man of God. She was trying to distract it. Well, that's symbolic of what's going on right now. Because God said in the last days, which we are in, he said, I will pour out my spirit upon my people and my sons and daughters shall prophesy. What does prophesy mean? All that means is that you speaking the word of God, you declaring the word of God over your life. Well, if in the last days God is going to try to do that, then guess what? In the last days, the enemy will try to distort that. The enemy will try to discourage that. The enemy will try to cause you to be in disappointment today. You will speak the word of healing, but then next thing you know, it seems like you get sicker. Because I know we're, we're, we're um, brother Darius right here, we was talking and I, I was, I heard him, you know, it was when his mama was in the situation she was in and he, he we was texting back and forth and I was sending him some stuff to, to pray on and this, that and the other and then it seemed like he sent me one report, she was doing fine, like they weren't going to have to do the dialysis, you remember that? And then all of a sudden, now I get another text where well, she going to do dialysis and so I'm like, well God do I do I let him do I do I send something to him to let him know that just because this shows up don't mean that that wasn't there? Come on. God said, no, let him go. Let him do it on his own. He gonna get it. He gonna figure it out. You, you can't handhold him through this thing. Amen. He said, cause once he get it on his own, then he'll understand it. And that's what God is trying to say. He's saying, once you incline your ear on your own, you will incline your ear to what God is really saying, then you'll get it. Then it makes it easier to obey. Amen. But he says they didn't obey because the stubbornness of their evil heart. God, the Bible says that the heart is the most deceitful of all things. See, so your heart can lead you wrong. And it leads right here. It says, and they went backward and not forward. How I many know that God wants us always moving forward? Yeah. We talked about that moving forward the other week. And looking back on things will have you messed up. Amen. You can't look back. Trying to move into things of God. God is a kingdom oriented God. Kingdoms are always advancing. Kingdoms are always moving forward. Kingdoms are always going ahead. It's not about going backwards. You can't worry about what happened yesterday. You can't worry about what happened five minutes ago. It says now faith is the substance. Right now. That's all you got. It's the present. It's right now. It's all you got. You can't be looking back saying God, well, if it had been this way and it had, it wasn't that way. Get over it. It wasn't that way. What do you learn from it? What do you take from it? What do you get? If she had to just treated me this way, or if he had to just called me then, or if the job had to just did this, they didn't. Now what? Now what? Play with the hand you've been dealt. This is like space. You can't turn the hand in unless it's a misdeal. God ain't misdealt nothing. Amen. Play with what you got. Play with what you got. Don't look at your neighbor and be jealous of your neighbor because they trump tight. You got to play with the hand you got. Make your books. Amen. Amen. Right and how you make your books? By opening the book. Amen. Opening the book. Some people don't know how to count books when they play in spades. Amen. <laughs> Just like some people don't know how to count the book. 
See, you got to count. You got to know how to count. Where do I need to go in your book, God, so that I can learn how to count in my life, so I can learn how to play this hand that I have been dealt, God? Because you know the hand ain't right. You know this hand ain't no good. You know I ain't got a trump in my hand. But God says, oh, yes, you do. See, because you ain't playing with spades. You playing with me. He said, so if you got me, you always trump tight. You always got a book. If you ain't got nothing but one book, that's all it takes with God. Amen. He said, you play that when it's time to be played. But you got to incline your ear and be obedient. Be obedient. Incline your ear so that you can be obedient. Because, see, the whole thing is, is to walk in the covenant with God. To walk in the covenant with God. And it's four primary conditions to that covenant. The first thing is he said, hear. Hear the word. Hear the word. It says faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. The next is you got to believe the word. See, it's one thing to hear it. But it's another thing to believe it. We can hear word all the time. In this day and age, technology, man, there's so much word out there that you can hear. There's Bibles online. You can search stuff. There is no void of word. But it's so much word out there, but yet so less power. You would think right by this day and age that we live in right now, people are supposed to be just walking out on water. That should be routine. You see somebody walking on water and be like, man, they ain't doing nothing. <laughs> they ain't doing nothing. You see what I'm saying? Now, if, now, now if they out there walking on water and they dragging a boat behind them, yeah, I can get behind them. <laughs> That's the power we should be operating in. Amen? Amen. But, but that lets me know that there's still a, a spirit of disbelief, even, even, even for the, the, us so-called pastors. Because there, there's, there's, there's still that shadow of doubt. There's still that shadow of doubt that, that the enemy will put in that will cause you not to fully obey the word of God. And see, that's what the enemy did even with Moses. Moses, Moses knew God. He saw God. We ain't even saw him. This man saw God. Saw him so much so that when he came out of the mountain, he said that the glory was on his face and people couldn't even look at him. He saw him face to face. But yet and still, he was disobedient because he didn't even get to go into the promised land because of his disobedience. Why did he disobey? Because he got frustrated. Because the people, Moses, you got us out here about to die. Moses, you need some water. Moses, we need some shoes. Moses, what you going to do? Moses, I don't know what you going to do then, Moses. You don't bother us out here. You going to die. Now what you going to do? That's how they were sound. You know, they were like Kevin Hart. <laughs> Moses, why you gonna buy that? <laughs> so they asking for the water, and God says, I want you to speak. I want y'all to catch this now. Moses, God said, I want you to speak to the rock. Wow. So that the water will come out. Yes. But Moses in his frustration, along with Aaron, catch that. See, when, when you get frustrated, be careful who you're again take counsel with. Be, be careful who you take counsel with because your frustration is already there. Now you go and counsel with somebody, <clears throat> excuse me, who, who, is, who can be just as frustrated as you. Now y'all are together. You know, and, and, and the same thing works. Where two or more are together, the, 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 the God is in the presence. Well, guess what? Where two or more are together in frustration, guess who show up? All right. <laughs> Guess who show up? Amen. Guess who show up? So he goes and out of the frustration of hearing the people, he hits the rock. 
with his staff. He hits the rock with his staff. Now, the staff was a tool that God had given Moses to do a lot of blessings and a lot of miracles. But God says, no, when you get ready to go into this new promise, I want you to go in with a new tool. This tool is going to be something that you ain't got to hold in your hand. This tool will be something that can't nobody take away from you. See, you might go to sleep at night, Moses, and somebody come and steal the staff. But this tool that I want you to demonstrate and show to the people is out of your mouth. Can't nobody take that from you because now you're going to speak things into existence. That's what you're going to do now. He said, but I want you to do that so that the people around can see that this is how we're going to get the promise. This is how we're going to maintain the promise. This is how we're going to walk in obedience because we're going to be speaking spirits. But Moses in frustration does what? Hits the rock. And it says in the scripture that he basically sit on the rock and watch the people go into the promise. A man who had saw God, had heard the promise, had believed in the promise, done walked around in the desert for 40 years with the promise, believing in the promise, holding on to the promise, hearing the promise, believing the promise, even acting on the promise, but then disobey the word of God. Don't give up your promises because of disobedience. Don't give up what God has for you out of disobedience. Don't give up what God has promised you because you want to do it your way. You want to do it how you want to do it. You want to do it how you feel like doing. God, what they did, they did me wrong. I'm finna get some get back. That's what I want to do. God says, no, vengeance is his. Vengeance is here. You don't have to get revenge on everything. Like I tell people, pick and choose your battles. Everything ain't worth fighting. Some stuff you got to let slide. You got to let slide. Yeah, you think you got away with something. It's all good. I'm going to be the bigger person I'm going to walk away from. And you ain't even got to tell them that. You telling yourself that. Everything ain't got to just be all that. You Sometimes quietness is the best weapon. Amen? Is the best weapon. See, we should obey God first of all. Why? Anybody know why we should obey God? I heard somebody say, because he's God. It's our duty. It's our duty. Because Christ died for us to reconnect us back to this relationship. So we bought at a price. That's our reasonable payment back. Because we really can't pay. But the only way we pay is what? Through obedience. That's why it says that obedience is better than what? Sacrifice. And it's also to show faith. Because see, you don't want to just obey somebody because when I hear that word when people say because they're God, see, it depends on what your picture of God is. See, if you see God as this taskmaster, this slave driver, then you're obeying out of fear. You're obeying because you don't want to go to hell. You obeying because you think that's what you're supposed to do. No, we have free will. You don't have to obey God. You don't have to obey God. Then he tells you to, but he also knows that you don't have to. Amen? But doing so shows faith. It shows that you have hope in what God is saying. But most importantly, the most important reason to is because you love him. Because you love him. See, when you, when you love somebody, you'll do what they say. You'll do what they ask. Why? Because you know that ultimately they have the best interest for you at hand. 
So what they're really commanding you is not something for your bad. It's not something for them to feel like they're superior to you. Not for something to make them feel like they got control and manipulating you. They they only issuing a command because a command ain't nothing but an instruction. It ain't nothing but a direction. But we've distorted that word to where we don't even want to hear the command. I don't, and God knew that. He said, okay, you can't even follow the, you definitely can't follow the 613 commandments of the Jewish thing. I broke them down to 10. You don't even want to follow them. So in the New Testament, Christ came and said, I just give you two. Can you even do that? Love God with all your heart and all your mind and all your soul and love your neighbor as yourself. That's the fulfillment of all the commands. All 613. Can you just do them too? But because they commands, I don't know about that. Love my name, I don't know. You know. See, and it's funny how it's funny how we can obey God for the good stuff. See, we can obey God when somebody talking about you finna get a house, you finna get a car, you getting that promotion on your job, you're gonna get that six figures, it's gonna drop out the sky like manna into your mailbox. We can obey God for that. But we say, love your neighbor. Love that person who hurt you. Yeah. Go over there and forgive that person who did you wrong. Those are all words of God. But are we obedient in that? Have patience and long suffering. You waiting on something, you sitting in the middle of traffic on rush hour on 400. Have patience. It's easy to obey God when things are good, but do you obey God throughout? But we should do so what? Out of the love of God. But 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 can we obey God on our own? Can we? Can you will yourself to obey God? Is it a is it a thing that you can say, like even with the fast? That's a, some of those texts I was sending out. It was talking about that that you can't do this on your own. You can't obey God on your own. You want to know why? Turn real quickly to to Galatians chapter five. We inherently wired not to obey. So if you've been disobedient, don't worry about it. You 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 wired that way. But if we finna we finna you know undo the wiring. We finna reconnect some things. Amen. Because you you was wired wrong because of, because of the first Adam. But we can be rewired because of the second Adam. The first Adam fell in iniquity, fell in sin. Because that's all sin is. Disobedience to God. Disobedience to God. Galatians chapter 5, verse 17. This is why you can't do it on your own. For the flesh sets its desire against the spirit. And the spirit against the flesh. For these are in opposition to one another. So that you may not do the things that you please. Always in a fight. You're always in a fight. There's the spirit of you, and then there's that flesh of you. There's that spirit who wants to obey God and love your neighbor and forgive that person who did you wrong. And then there's that flesh that say, Lord, just let me cuss them out one good time. Just please let me, please, please, please let me. And I repent and I fast and I communion and I pray and I read the Bible plan for 40 days for the Bible, all that. But just let me cuss them out one time. Please, under your grace, Lord, amen. For the flesh sets its desire against the spirit. Sets his desire. So that means it's, 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 that's his purpose. It's set in his desire. It's not set to follow a command. It's not set to submit. 
Submission is an evil word to the flesh. Why? Because what is submission? It's two words. Submission. Sub means below, beneath, or under. Which basically means a support. Mission is basically a vision or a purpose. Having a direction. Having a call. So being in submission means that I'm coming under the purpose. I'm coming under the cause. Or I'm supporting the plan. How many know that your flesh ain't trying to support the plan of the spirit? Your flesh ain't trying to come under the, the purpose of the spirit. It says it right here. He says it's in opposition so that you may not do the things that you please. Paul, he talks about it even in Romans. He says, he said, I want to do right, but I find myself doing wrong. I want to do this over here, but I still like that. I want to start smoking weed, but I love to get high. I want to start hoeing around, but I love to lay down in the bed. I want to do this, but I love to eat. I want to do that, but I love, see, the spirit and the flesh. And they have war so much that you feel yourself ripped apart. You want to be obedient, but at the same time, it's like I can't break away from it. I can't get away from it. And that was the, even the purpose of the fasting as well, because it, 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 it subjects the flesh to something. It makes the flesh, it makes the flesh like I can't do this. I can't give this up. You must be crazy. Ain't nobody can give that up. And it might be something as simple as, as, as not eating a donut. And like, like little Darius said, but they said as soon as he decided to not eat sweets with his thing, he said they had a party at school, and guess what they had? <laughs> Probably wasn't nothing but sweet. Wasn't no other food there. <laughs> Same thing happened to me with certain stuff. It, it, it shows up. That's the flesh at war with the spirits. That's the battle we are in. Everything is trying to get you to what? Not be obedient. Because obedience does what we've heard. It makes everything well. It's good. It keeps you going forward, not backward. It brings you into the blessing and favor of God. It brings you into the covenant of God. So, of course, the enemy is going to do everything in his power to make you be disobedient. To be disobedient. And we succumb to that because that's how we are wired. We, we we don't we don't like to wait. We want it right now. We don't we don't we don't like to be felt like somebody taking advantage of us. We want to show them that we big and bad. We don't we don't like to sit in the back. We want to show that we got it going on. We don't like to look like that that things ain't all together. We want to even fake the funk and make it look like we got it going on. That's why everybody love Facebook because you can be somebody that you truly ain't. They don't want to, we, we want to, that's what the flesh is. But, and, and without God's help, we will always be that way. We will always be that way because there's no way. You can't will yourself in obedience. You can't say, okay, God, I'm going to be obedient. I'm, I'm going to do this thing. The very thing, decide, the very time that comes out your mouth is the very opportunity that disobedience is going to show up. Every time I said I was going to stop smoking weed, the more weed showed up. Okay. <laughs> Even for free. And how many know free weed? Lord. That's hard on a person who smoked. Amen. Amen. When I was going to give up women, how many show up? That's how it works. That's how it works. But see, when you decide to say, I'm not going to will myself. Because you can do it for a little while. You 
can go for, you know, I could go a day, I could go a couple of days, but then it start calling your name, inclining your ear. You know, it start calling your name in your thoughts first, then now your phone start ringing, because what you manifest in your thought, believe it or not, it will manifest in this realm, it ain't no magic trick, it's just how the world works it's just how the kingdom works, it's just how it all works, it shows up, and even when I finally truly had decided to stop and I, I had even willed myself, I'm like, I'm really going to stop doing this I started getting these phone calls from one of my connects this dude ain't never called me didn't never call me. Matter of fact, when I called him, I could never get in touch with him half the time. But when I really said, okay, I'm going to do this, next thing I know, he calling me almost every day, leaving voicemail. How many drug dealers leave a voicemail saying they got drugs to sell? <laughs> Incriminating evidence. They leaving voice messages. But it was because of that I said, you know what, I know that's the enemy. That can't be nobody but the enemy. So I know I must be doing something right, but I can't do this by myself. So God, I need you to step in and I need you to help me. I need you. See, that's what it is. We can only go so far in our will. We can only go so far under our power. But uh, Christ says in the word, it says what? It says that when we are weak, then he is strong. So you admit, I can only go so far. I can only go about two hours hour without looking at her. I can only go about one hour without eating that. I can only go about a day without doing this. So God, once I get past that day, I need you to show up. Because if you don't show up, I can't make no promises. That's keeping it 100 with God. He already know anyway. He already know anyway. And yes, you can't talk to God like that, people. He ain't going to send down no lightning bolt and strike you down because you keeping it real with him. He already know. He already know. He knew before you did. <laughs> Ain't no surprises. Ain't no surprises. But he says he will help us. Turn, turn, turn on quickly to to Jeremiah. Still in Jeremiah, twenty four seven, and I'm, I'm finishing up. Jeremiah twenty four and seven. God, God will help us. God will help us. Even he says, he says that in this in this verse right here. Oh, I'm already in Jeremiah. Jeremiah, I just forgot what I said. 24 and 7. Jeremiah 24 and 7. And it says right there, <clears throat> I'm going to start at 6. It says, For I will set my eyes on them for good. This is God. And I will bring them again to this land. And I will build them up and not overthrow them. And I will plant them and not pluck them up. So he's saying I'm going to establish some things in their life. I'm not going. I'm not going to let them keep, you know, planting in me and then removing from me. And then verse seven, this is how he's going to do it. I will give them a heart to know me. Remember in the other part of Jeremiah says because of our evil hearts. So God is saying I'm going to rewire some things. Because I know your heart is evil. It, it was born in iniquity. You was born that way. You can't. You can't fight it. You can't fight it. Even babies born that way, they 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 have. You can even see it in them sometimes. How how they how they have a selfish even attitude because it's all about them. Amen? Amen. We was born that way, and he says. But in verse seven, and in verse seven, seven is the number of completion. Amen. Yeah. He says, "I will give them a heart to know me." Yes. No is a relationship word. Uh -huh. 
How many know in the, in the scripture, a lot of times when you see no, especially in the older Genesis and all them, no means intimacy. No means, it, it says Adam knew his wife and then he brought forth the child. That's intimacy. Amen. So he's saying, I'm going to give you a heart to be intimate with me. I'm going to give you a heart to have a relationship with me. For I am the Lord and they will be my people and I will be their God for they will return to me with their whole heart. Their whole heart. So that lets me know that disobedience occurs, why? Out of our incomplete heart. Out of our empty heart. We disobey God because we're trying to fix it over here. We're trying to get it done over here. We don't want to submit to the thing. Because our heart is not full. So we think that I can go over here and fill it up. Or I can go over there and fill it up. But how many know? And we, we see it all the time. We see stories of rich people. They got all this money. But then they either, you know, drug themselves to death. Or they do. You know, they just, they're crazy. They, something wrong with them. But yet and still, we want to be that. But we know that that's not completeness. Don't get me wrong. It's, it ain't nothing wrong with the money. Amen. But the character has to come first. Because the character without the money is, is, is good, but the money without character is bad. Amen? Because all you're going to do is intensify what's already there. If you got good character, more money just going to make that character better. If you got bad character, it's just going to intensify it. Amen? But God says, I will give you a heart to obey. I will give you a heart to obey. And lastly, turn to 2 Corinthians chapter 3. 2 Corinthians chapter 3, last one. How many know that we got to operate in this in this thing of obedience? Yeah, man, man. And it ain't going to be easy. Especially if you're trying to do it by yourself. Especially if you're trying to think that you're going you gonna to make this thing happen by yourself. God says, no, you got to pray to me. You got to incline your ear to me. Come into my word. I'll show you how to be obedient. It says what? Renew your mind daily. That means every day you're going to have to wake up saying, God, help me to be obedient because you know how I am. Just be real with yourself. Just be real. God, I can't do this thing by myself. You better help because if you don't help, I'm, you already know how it's going to turn out. I ain't got to tell you. Uh, 2 Corinthians what 3 and 18. 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 18. It says, but we all with unveiled face. That means that, that things are no longer hidden from you. See, when you come into that full covenant relationship, not that religious relationship, but that covenant relationship with God, your face is unveiled. But also you got to think about what unveiled means. What do they do in the old tradition when, when a bride gets married? And, and they stand at the altar and you get ready to kiss the bride. They uncover, unveil. So this is, again, showing relationship. But we all with what? Unveiled face, with the relationship with God, with the intimacy with God. It says, beholding as in a mirror. What does that mean? That means that when God look at you, he see himself. Beholding as in a mirror the glory of the Lord are being transformed into the same image. From glory to glory. What does that mean? Process. You ain't done. Because you got to go from glory to glory. From glory to glory. 
just as from the Lord, the Spirit. What is all that saying? You can't do this without God. And the only reason that God wants you to be obedient to him is so that ultimately it's for the glory that he gets. It's for the fact that you can now, when he looks at you, he can see himself. And how many know that once God looks at you and sees himself, how many know that you walking in blessing? How many know that you ain't got to worry about nothing no more? Even if it look bad, you know that it's got to be taken care of. Like they were saying with their mama, I already, she already knew she was going to be good. See, that, that, that lets me know that that was a relationship that was established or reestablished or, or reconnected with God. Because when you can get to that point, you laying in a bed in a hospital and you can still say, I ain't worried about this. I'm going to be all right. And you can truly say that from the bottom of your heart, knowing that it's true. That means that you have reconnected that relationship. That means that now you are walking in that obedience. And the easiest way to walk in obedience is to pray that word of God. Speak that word of God. Know that you can't do it by yourself. Know that you can't do this by yourself. I, I, I remember when I when I was trying to walk out of that thing with, with getting high and all that, and I had done been walking for a while. I I had got it. God was helping me. I was praying about it. I had found all these scriptures about addiction and all that kind of stuff because I ain't never want to admit that I was addicted to it. I'm like, I ain't addicted. How you be addicted to weed? I was a part of my everyday thing. I couldn't operate without it. I, I woke up, smoke. I went to work, smoke. On the way to smoke. On the way to work. On the way home. At lunch break, I smoked. I was I was addicted to it. Amen. Amen. But when I started walking away, and then I finally was getting away, and I was. I was building the foundation and allowing God to help me. And then the enemy still was coming in with his attacks. And I remember the last time that that, that was the biggest attack that he had, I was at the car wash. I was washing out my car. And I'm down on my knees, already in a good position. Amen. <laughs> I'm, I'm doing a little free vacuum thing on my knees, vacuuming out the car. This dude pull up in this SUV. He jumps out the car. He blows this puff of smoke. And I ain't even seen him blow up, but I could just smell it in the air. And I mean, at the time, I was still, you know, in that mindset, so I knew what good weed smelled like. I'm like, this is good weed this boy got in his pocket over there. And the enemy started setting all the scenarios up. He got weed. I checked him out. I know what a deal will look like when I see one. I've been in that, been doing, I've been smoking for 13 years. I know one when I see one. I see him. I say, I got $20 in my pocket. He's standing over there. I know he got some. I stay out down on my knees back in that car. I said, God, this is a real prayer. I said, God, if you don't do something right now, if you don't do something right now, I got 20 I'm telling you, I got $20 in my pocket. He got some good weed. If you don't do something right now, God, I ain't gonna be able to do it. If you don't do something right now, I swear to you that as soon as that prayer was finished, and I ain't even looking at it as a prayer, I'm just saying, we're talking, God, real 100. His phone ring. I hear it. Next time I know, he jumps in the truck and he drives off. The connection was broken. And at that point on, I knew from that point, no matter how weak I might have gotten, no matter where I might have gotten, I knew that God was there. All I have to do is say, God, 
I want to be obedient. I want to do this thing. I want to do what you call me to do. I want to walk the way you call me to walk. But I can't do this by myself. I still got weaknesses. I'm still messed up in ways. Even now, I want to do right. I want to lead some people right. I want to do the things that you call me to do. But God, you know there's some stuff in me that still needs to be twisted out. You know I'm afraid to step here a little bit sometimes. You know I'm afraid to go this way. You know I can't do this by myself. God, where can you show up? And once you just release that, once you release that, then you know, God, all I have to do is wait on you. All I have to do is wait on you. Amen. All you got to do is wait on God. It's easy. And when I say easy, I'm not saying that it's easy from the standpoint that, that, that you can just do it without thinking about it. I'm saying that it's, I should more say, say it's simple. Because easy and simple are two different things. See, it's, it's, it's simple to cut down a tree. Amen? But it's easier to do so with a chainsaw than a butter knife. Amen? Simple and easy. It's simple to obey. It's simple to do what God wants us to do. But it ain't easy when we try to do it with the butter knife of our will. But when we take the chainsaw of the word of God, when we take that chainsaw of the, the, the word that's incorruptible, he says that my word goes out to do what it is called to do. He says my word will not return to me void. So that's the simple thing. And then it makes it easy. It makes it easy when you do that. Amen. Father God, we just bless your name right now. And we just thank you, Father God. We just thank you, Father, that right now we can walk in obedience. I speak a spirit of obedience over your people right now, Father God. Because we know that we are still in this year. We're talking about the year of provision, Father God. And we know that in your provision, there is a provision of obedience. So, Father, we just thank you right now that you can have obedience. That you can do what... That we can have obedience, that we can do what you called us to do, that we can do all the things that you have set for us to do, that we can do it through you, Father God. It says that through you, that you can do exceedingly and above all that we ask, Father God. So right now, Father, I ask for the exceeding, I ask for the abundance, I ask for the above all right now in the name of Jesus for your people. I thank you, Father God, that we shall walk in obedience, that even in our time of weakness, Father, that we shall call out to you, that we should say, God, I can't do this right now. God, I can't make it right now. God, how am I going to get through this? But God, I know that you will give us the answer because sometimes it's not always about praying to get out of a situation, but it's praying to get through a situation. So, Father God, I thank you for the spirit of endurance, the spirit of perseverance, the spirit of long suffering, so that we may obtain the promise, so that we may obtain the reward, so that through our obedience, through our obedience, that we can hear, well done.